Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. Today on my podcast, I have someone that I've been following for a while on social media. And also we have let's sort of like six degrees of separation because we have a, a lot of common PLN people. And my guest is Kelly Bahri. And I'm really excited to have her with me here today because she, her tweets, the things she talks about, what she stands for is, is all about student agency and belonging. So Kelly, welcome to my podcast today. Eileen, I am so grateful that you asked me to be on your show. I, I love your show for one thing, but I love your story as I was reading like your, um, your, um, blogs and your own personal journey and your story and your sense of belonging from one country to the other and how you've tied the both of them in together. I just feel like I just like read your story as a wonderful book. So when you asked me to be on your um, show today, honestly, I, I was ex over the moon excited to be here. Oh, you're so sweet. I love that, especially coming from you, because as I read your bio, people will see how what an amazing educator you and person you are. So Kelly is an elementary teacher with a master's degree in curriculum and instruction and educational leadership. She is passionate about supporting learning through establishing strong connections and creating learning spaces that promote equity and inclusion. She's an instructional strategist, serves on the instructional leadership and school improvement team, is a culturally responsive teacher and a sustainable development goals lead educator. In March, I'm so excited about this news. Uh, Kelly's going to release her first book which hopefully we'll get uh, a chance to talk about from her children's book series with Codebreaker at EDU Publishing. And she encourages everybody to connect with her on Twitter. And so we'll talk about that at the end. I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes so that we can connect with Kelly. So that's your bio, but you're so much more than that. And I understand you've also started, I think you've started on your doctorate. Is that correct? I am actually, um, yes, I have started, but I've taken some time off only, um, this, this year has just yes. been kind of with all of us. Yeah. I really needed to focus. I have, um, I have four children, um, two of which are not home living here. They're adults and the other two are here. Yeah. So between teaching my own classroom and supporting them, I just really needed to step back and make some good choices for my family. So hopefully that'll pick up again. <laughs> yes. And you know, what's really important to be, be able to focus. Uh, it took me eight years to get mine. And one of those years was actually a year I took off because my mom had uh, 
quadruple bypass surgery and terrible complications afterwards. And so instead of doing some of my coursework, I decided to spend time with her and make sure that she was going to be okay. And then it was my daughter's senior year. And, you know, like you said, our family come first. So, and then it was time for me to be able to finish up. So I hope you get back to it because I know you're so passionate about it. I, I'm sure you already have something in mind. And besides you have the book coming out, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So Kelly, the yeah, first, and, yeah, go and ahead. It is something, yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, and for me, getting that PhD is just kind of almost like a lifelong dream versus getting it and using it right now. I, I'm really, really not, not only comfortable, but I am passionately in love being in the classroom. And so when you think about, honestly, anybody that's gotten a PhD realizes the cost of that. Sure. Financially, it's just, you know, it's a lot. And I, I often keep thinking, you know, it is really just for me. It's just something that I want to have and to hold and to say that I did it. And so if it takes eight years or 10, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just really quickly, I didn't get mine until I was in my fifties and my mother was 72 when she got hers. So Oh my gosh. Okay. Well then I'm on. So there's I'm hope for all of us. I'm on track with your mom. There you go. Hopefully before that. <laughs> so the first question I usually ask my guests, uh, Kelly, is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I knew that this obviously was going to be the question because I do follow your podcast and listening to others. I you know, it seemed like an easy question until I, I you know, it's, you know, belonging. Sure. But when I had to take time to think about that word, I realized, wow, that's a really complicated question. It's much harder to answer than I thought it would be because it just is so moving for every person. You know, it's mm -hmm. different. It means something different for each person. So um, as, as easy as I thought that that was going to be, it's really actually a difficult question. When I think about belonging, I think about how important that actually means to someone and how important it is for their well-being, for their mental health, for who they are, to feel that you belong to something. It really is that sense of feeling like you fit. You fit somewhere. Um, and not only do you just fit, you actually feel safe, loved, and it's your place. Um, that's really kind of hard to feel sometimes, I would say. And when I thought back about where I have belonged in my life, I've been really, really fortunate. I come from a really strong, loving family that no matter what our choices have been over, and you know, I mean, my siblings too. No matter what our, our choices have ever been, my parents have always made us feel like we belonged in this family. Um, we were, it was an unconditional feeling of belonging in our family. And I think I've always taken that for granted that everybody got it. Didn't everybody feel like that in our family? Um, and as you get older, you realize no. You, not everybody has been gifted that. And so for me, I've always been gifted by a really, really strong family. 
And I have been since been able to give that to my children and to our family. And that no matter where they're at, they belong here. This is their place. And then outside of your family, it's much harder to feel that sense of belonging in different groups. Um, I think about young children today and where do they fit and how hard they work mm -hmm. to feel that sense of belonging someplace. Um, you know, whether it's elementary, middle school, high school and beyond, you want to feel like you belong someplace outside of your family. And so when I think of belonging, I think about the, the responsibility I actually have for my students and that I need and want and, and, and just really work so hard to make sure that these kids and my care from, I teach elementary, so um, I get them all year long and they're in our classroom. And the moment they walk into that room, I want them to feel at home. They, they are home. I've waited for them since kindergarten in this building or if they just came this year, I still have been preparing a place for them to belong. And so creating that sense of the respect that this is their place and that I'm the facilitator or I'm the one that's gonna make sure that that happens for them. I want them to know that they do have a place here. Um, and that's just one step for them to feel that they belong in something. I think we work really, really hard to feel like we're um, a circle in a circle or a square in the square and not you know, trying to feel like you're the square peg that fits in the circle. Right. Um, I think schools, in the culture in a building is really, really critical for teachers to feel that they belong in that space, that building that we're connected, we work together and every teacher in that building has such a critical place for them in that building. Um, their work is our work, that we are in it together. And so when one person does something, how important it is to celebrate that, their work, not necessarily the person itself, but the work and their kids are benefiting from it and how important it is to feel yeah. that, wow, when one shines, we're all shining. When one, one is shining, all of those students mm -hmm. in that room are shining. That's that sense of belonging where you go. Um, I must say though, I had absolutely no idea the power of Twitter until I stepped into Twitter, maybe, I think it might've been two years ago. I'm not even sure how long I've been on Twitter, but it's been a short time. Yeah. But my family on Twitter really, really helped me understand that word, belonging, that sense of just like, I haven't even met these people. Honestly, when I say my family on Twitter, I haven't met them in person, Eileen. I, I know, isn't that amazing, but it feels like you have. I yeah. know. Yes, it's like the power mm -hmm. of technology and yeah. how you can connect and how you find your place where you belong. Right. I really understand what it meant to belong to something bigger than myself, mm -hmm. bigger than my day-to-day -day job, really. Just that right. sense of like, I belonged with this group of people, you know, or that sense of family. Like when I, you know, say your name it's like oh my gosh she's a family you know mm -hmm. you know so yeah I think belonging doesn't mean that you belong to something in person mm -hmm. or into a group that you have to physically be around 
that sense of belonging actually is a feeling that you get when you find your family and you find that safe, loving space. And I'm just so grateful that I got that just being on Twitter. <laughs> I, I giggle at that sentence because it just seems so, it's such a, I don't, it's just a wild sentence that you found your home on Twitter, but it's not Twitter, but it's the people that I have met. And I just, I have really, really felt the place that I belong. Yeah, I actually have mentioned even in presentations about, you know, getting active and, and growing your PLN um, on Twitter that it's my lifeline because I'm so far from everybody that, you know, I've sort of lived virtually for a while. And so, uh, you know, this isn't new to me, but it really does make a difference. But I have so many takeaways from what you just said, Kelly. You, you know, you started with the whole idea of, of your family and your experiences with your family and what you're now doing for your, for your own family, your own children, and that unconditional love. But taking that model and saying, there might be children out there who don't feel that sense of belonging. And even if they feel they do, they need to feel that sense of belonging in their classroom, in their school. And then you extended it to the teachers, which is just so awesome because that idea of professional belonging, that idea of collaboration, collegiality, celebrating successes, not celebrating necessarily the people, but celebrating the successes, all of that matters so much and all of it has that connection that we need to each other. And then taking it out to your experience on, on social media, on Twitter, which is really, really awesome. And I think it's the opening up our eyes and seeing the opportunities, which is really, really incredible. And I, you know, I hope, I know there isn't all, you know, it isn't all light and, and rainbows, but it's, it's so wonderful if we really do open up our eyes and we look for those opportunities to, to find people, whether it's face-to-face -face or virtually or on social media, to be able to have those connections. So that was just really, really awesome. It is hard. It's, it is a hard question to answer, but you did a fantastic job. Like I said, I had so many takeaways. Yeah. Thanks. And I was just thinking too, when you were spoken, when you were talking about it too, um, I, I, I think what, one of the things that I learned about belonging is that it's a two way street. Um, yeah. Like you really have, when you're young and, and I have young children and I see the struggle that they have when they want to belong to something and they fight so hard to fit in someplace where um, as they grow older, they're going to realize that you're not fitting there because you don't really belong there because there's something so much bigger for you. But when you're young, you don't see that. You just want to feel like you belong into the group mm -hmm. and choices that have been made just to feel that, that you belong. I really, I really have come to understand the importance of helping children understand their value, um, who they are, and to love themselves unconditionally first. Uh, when you find, when you love who you are, yeah. then you make really good choices to find people that also honor and support and love that of you. Um, it's really, it's you. And until I really truly believe until you find that 
and who you are, you're always going to feel like you don't fit mm-hmm. into something. Then you're that square in the circle, or, you know, you're always trying to push yourself someplace where you're not really connected mm-hmm. because it's not you. So I, I really do help children find that space for themselves first. Right. And so that they know that, you know what, maybe in fifth grade, if I teach, um, mm-hmm. you might not find your, your fit 100%. Yeah. But staying true to yourself, you're going to find your fit. You're going to find where you belong. But when you get into that relationship of feeling like you belong, it really means you give back. Mm-hmm. It really means you honor and you support and you love those also. Yeah. In that, in that family that you are creating where you belong, it's not just take, 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 it's a mm-hmm. give and it's a, it's a strong relationship. It is really. Yes. I've had some of my guests talk about that and I had never thought of it that way, but it is a two way street. We give as much as we get from this whole idea of finding that sense of belonging and everything that you said is, is, Definitely backed up by the research. Brene Brown talks about that, you know, belonging isn't fitting in. Belonging is being your true self and being accepted for that true self. But I love the way you talked about the fact that at fifth grade, that's very hard for them to understand because often if they're sort of an outlier, they don't find they feel they need to fit in, but, and they don't find others that seem like they think like them or act like them or thinking that that's the way. And then, and then they're completely unhappy. Yeah. And so the point sometimes of being, you know, being unhappy and, and mentally unhealthy. So the fact that you're a champion for them, no matter what, and make them understand that is really fantastic. And it's funny because the kids that I often see that don't belong are actually so much bigger than fifth grade. <laughs> like oh, their, their thought yes. processes, who they are, are yes. so much bigger. And so I, I will say that sentence to them. I feel like, <clears throat> you know, I have a couple, even just, I have a couple every year, but uh, this year in particular, it's been hard because we've been online and, you know, face-to-face yeah. back online mm. and knowing how, you know, just even the stress right now of right. that inconsistency or I do better in person. And then there's others that do better online. So there's sure. always just a small pocket of trying to see, you know, how can I help them? But there have, I do have a couple of students even now who I, I have sensed that aren't feeling 100% that they belong. And of course that breaks my heart as, you know, as their teacher, but I will say to them, you're bigger. You have, you have gifts that don't fit in the fifth grade right now. Your gifts are so much bigger Mm -hmm. and that you need to love those gifts. You need to love who you are because it's so much bigger and connecting them to something outside of our classroom, like sending them, you know, I have a student right now. She's just in in NASA. Oh my goodness. She just loves NASA. And that doesn't necessarily fit into the fifth grade, Um, but connecting her to the NASA challenges that they have offered and writing essays or connecting them to naming 
the next rover or, you know, and then they feel like, wow, they're connected to something outside mm -hmm. our classroom. They belong to this group right now of NASA. And it's just finding these little pockets for kids yeah. right now so that they do feel like they belong someplace mm -hmm. or allowing them to understand that fifth grade isn't the end all, honey. True. It's just Yes, it seems like it when you're in fifth grade, but yeah, they the need to know grade. that. Yeah. yeah when, when you're in the fifth grade, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is all I did, you know, mm -hmm. or you go to middle school and it's like, honey, I just need to let you know, the middle school ages aren't for everybody. Um, yeah. your, your life may begin when you hit high school mm -hmm. um, and helping yeah. them to see that because I, I remember as a kid just wanting to belong. You know, and oftentimes, you know, for me to fit in meant that, you know, I needed to let my grades slack a bit, you know, like uh, making sure I was invited to high school parties or whatever yes. it might have been, and, you know, letting my grades slack just so mm -hmm. I could fit in. And then now realizing as an adult, as much as that was important to be with my friends, was it really where I belonged? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I wish I had a teacher that had said, listen, you are so much bigger than this right now. And yeah. it's going to hang, hang tough, girl. Yeah. I wish somebody would have said that to me, but um, I, I took a bunch of bumps and bruises along the way. I've, I think I finally have like, I've taken these life les lessons and hopefully helping others. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we do look back and we say, wouldn't it have been nice? Yeah. Like you said, for somebody to have noticed my strengths, to have gotten to know me so well that they knew the things that I loved, I was passionate about. And how often really did that happen? But honestly, if we don't know our students well enough, well, for so many different reasons, but especially for giving them that sense of safety where they can feel different, but feel good about themselves, and understand their strengths, which at any age, if, if somebody doesn't come and point that out to you, if you're feeling like the outlier, it's very difficult for you to understand. And that now I understand, in fact, well, my next question, but I don't think I need you to uh, answer it anymore, but let's see, was I saw that your pinned tweet on Twitter is, if a student leaves my classroom with new skills, I have done my job. If a child leaves my classroom knowing they are loved and accepted for who they are, I've reached my goal. And so I think you've already answered that question. Is there anything else you wanted to comment on that um, about why you posted it as your pin tweet? I think the moment that I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, somebody just like spoke my heart. <laughs> somebody, yeah. somebody spoke my heart. Somebody spoke what I... I live for on a daily basis. I am a very rigorous teacher. I want all to know that I have high expectations for every child that walks into my classroom. And not because I want to push them over the edge, just because I trust and believe in that they mm -hmm. can do hard things. I know they can. I don't, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are. The moment you walk into that classroom, I know you can do hard things. And everyone's hard thing is so different. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for one. It's not, you know, it's easy for someone else and vice right. versa. But until I see them, they won't be able to do hard things. And having a child feel seen 
is not as easy as it sounds. You, Mm -hmm. you just can't see a child. Um, It's them knowing you see them. That's, that's the hard part. I'll see them. Absolutely. But for them to know that I see them and honor them and accept them for who they are and that their place is in our classroom, you belong, you matter every day. Yeah. When you're not there, our class is not complete. Mm. I want them to know that. When they have to be absent for whatever reason. I want them to be wherever they are knowing, okay, the class is not as perfect today because I'm not there. And that's true. That's they so awesome. Have they have a place here and uh, they yeah. fill a space. And I, I want them to know that I see them. And that means that I do build a really, really strong relationship outside of education. I need to know, I need to know your family. And that means, and that means I don't pry them about their family. It means Mm -hmm. now that I connect with their family. I want to know, I'll connect with your parents. I need to know where your parents are. How can I support them? Um, I come from an amazing district and my, in my building alone, my families are very supportive and I'm lucky. Wow. Yeah. I cannot, I can't begin to tell you how lucky I am for the parents that I have in my classroom and how much they support me as mm-hmm. a teacher. And I want them to know I honor them and I support them too. And if when it gets hard, I'm here. You don't have to do the hard things because that's what I want to do for you. Right. I want you to know that I care enough about your child to know Mm -hmm. that when they're struggling, I'm their support. Mm -hmm. I will know and I will be able to change things to help make them know they're not alone. Um, I may back things up and I may push things. Some kids are flying and if I'm not giving them enough, they sit idle. That doesn't, that means that I'm not seeing them. Yeah, yeah. I have to see every child for who they are. And that means I push some way up mm-hmm. and others I'm holding a net underneath them and walking around them, making sure that they know that I'm there. So it's just very much about building a relationship. It's asking them about their, their pets. You know, we had a cooking show. Oh my goodness. It was the cutest thing. Eileen. Oh my heavens. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> An online cooking show. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was cute because they're the ones that suggested it because I made a comment, you know, on on online learning that, you know, hey, you know, I, I didn't realize that I could do this so well. Maybe I really have always wanted to have my own baking show. Oh, and- <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> you a good yeah. baker? And I was like, honey, no, not at all. Um, I don't know how to bake at all, but I, I just want to be on a baking show. And so I said, you know, I always keep my eye open for somebody that wants to have a baking show and they invite me on it. And so one of the students said, I'm having a baking show and I'd like to invite you on it. And I said, can we have everybody? And he, he was like, I was just kidding, but yeah, that would be fun. And oh. so we did a holiday baking show and oh, wow. uh, my husband was in the room, you know, over. And when he, we got done with the show, he said, I cannot believe that you knew every other sibling's name. I can't believe you knew their pet names. And I was uh, like, but of course I know Spanx. And of course I know Maui. <laughs> and so he was like, how? And I was like, I don't know. We just talk about stuff all the time outside yeah. of learning And I feel like that really helps a child know that I care about them outside 
outside of their learning. And when they're not doing well, trust me, I'm going to ask about it. And we're going to have a conversation and we're going to come up with a plan. Yeah. Everybody in my classroom has their own IEP, their own personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, and the whole thing is they want to, they want not to please you, but they, they buy into the fact that even if you're a little bit harder or tougher on them, it's for a reason because you've gained their trust. And so they'll work that much harder. So if you catch them not quite doing as well as, as they should be, they already know that you know that you've caught on, right? Because you know I'm, them I'm so well. I'm already well aware. Yes, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm well aware. And it's funny too, because, you know, it's like, I know them so well that when they take a test, and trust me, I'm not test driven at all. It's just obviously the United States uh, educational. Sure. Yeah. Um, if I could, I'd never give one. I would always just have projects and be able to build portfolios of their work so that they yeah. can see their own goals and their own progress. And, mm-hmm. and I do those things outside of test taking. So we do have our own portfolios, and I want them to. I want them to know their goals and are they meeting them. You know, I had a student just the other day that did not do well on a um, on a math test, and mm-hmm. I didn't accept it. I knew that something was off. I knew that yeah. it was a bad day. I knew that this wasn't, you know, what I what he would have expected of himself. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't necessary. You know, when when I did create it and I looked at it, it was just a very sweet kind of just hey, tell me what happened. Yeah. Um, oh, and just, uh, you know, just that little question, tears come flying down out of his eyes, you know, he was just so upset. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I just forgot everything. And I thought, you know what? Hey, we all have days like that. I, Absolutely. Yes. We're human. My mind just shut completely off and I couldn't even say my name. Um, so I said, you know what? And I just ripped it up. <laughs> Just ripped the test and said, hey, when you're ready, let me know. You can retake it any time that you yeah. feel comfortable. And, uh, and you know, he said, thank you. Uh, you know, and I said, you know, talk with your parents. I said, I do want to reach out to mom, just to give her a heads up. If, you know, after you talk. Yeah, because um, you might not, you might not, you might find something out, you know, about the reason why also. I needed to make sure that that communication with mom was always front and center mm-hmm. too, because, I don't want something like that ever slipping past, you know, um, something might be happening that, you know, they're, they're not aware of. And so, yeah. you know, it was a great conversation. Mom and I met for about an hour and, um, you know, the plan is, is that when he's ready, he'll take the test again. You know what? He's having a hard, we're all, we're yeah. all having yeah. the struggle of just getting yeah. through it. So I think yeah. those are some things that I have to say that really, really are important to kids right now. So if there are educators out there, you know what, don't let those test scores just rule, the, you know, rule it, just be yeah. very flexible and understanding that kids are struggling right now. They are there. It's very difficult. Um, They're just becoming numb to the system. And that's just very sad when education, even in this day right now, today can be fun and exciting and engaging and you can do those things. Yeah. And we know it can be done. And so, 
you know, I, I, I talk a little bit, of course, I'm outside the system, both, of, you know, U.S. West and also, uh, you know, in terms of being retired, but it would be nice. Sometimes I'll hear teachers talk about the fact that they're being pushed to give these tests, to do these assessments and so forth. And it's like, they know what, what is better for their, their students, which is the social emotional, the, the making sure that they're okay, because they can't take these tests. Like this poor um, student of yours, whatever was going on, he was just not ready for it, right? And so, but you already knew that he was gonna do better on it. So to try to resist, <laughs> you know, to try to resist pushing for those things, but, you know, within the boundaries of what we're allowed to, too, because obviously, yeah. you know, you're, you're being thing. assessed as a teacher, too. So, you know, you have to you sort of run that fine line, but it would be lovely if we could sort of overturn that feeling somehow within the system and come. Yeah, to and there's something like there's for teachers, there are many yeah. opportunities for us to control those in classroom assessments right now however we are also um, mandated to give standardized testing and there is no changing that and yeah you know unfortunately it just has too much weight and pressure and um yeah. it would be you know i think there's a you know a bajillion educators out there that would love to get rid of you know standardized testing i am yeah not we hear them we hear that. them or read them on the on, on the internet all the time yeah right nobody likes them um and so yeah there are things that we can say that they just don't paint the whole picture and that's why i think portfolios are a really great way to show students and families who they are they have more control to to learn their own goals and their strength they're not just learning to a test they're yeah. They're building their passions and they're building these skills that they will carry forever. I think that's going to be a lifetime movement. And I really hope that it continues. But, um, you know, standardized testing just cannot paint the whole picture of a child. No. And we're, we're aware of that. So hopefully we'll get to that point, like you said. Kelly, what's, what are the best places to find you? I know you've mentioned uh, social media, but just so people, I'll, I'll definitely put it in the show notes, but just in case anybody's listening right now wants to pop off and find you right away, where do they go to? Oh, perfect. Well, honestly, um, for tape, like uh, Twitter would be the number one place. So I'm at K-B-A-H-R-I-5. Um, I am also on um, Instagram as, as well. And um, that actually is a little different. It's K-B-A-H-R-I-6 um, because it's a, a bit more for my family. You may see family pictures and photos. Um, Twitter is really just about my teaching, yeah. um, my passions. And uh, Instagram is six because there's six in my family. Nice. Uh, four, yeah, four children and my husband and I. So um, that's number six for my family, but five because um, it's fifth grade. So there you go. I love the fact that you chose it for its significance. Kelly, again, thank you so much. I have so much to take away from this conversation and I'm sure our listeners will also. It's been my pleasure and I'm so delighted that you made time to be on my podcast today. 
Oh, thank you so much, Eileen. You have no idea what an honor it was to be here and to chat. And I had so many questions I wanted to ask about you too. So I'm hoping we can continue the conversation later. Absolutely. That would be wonderful from my side. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.